The views in this do not necessarily reflect the views of WKNC, student media, or NCSU. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1. Good afternoon, Raleigh, and welcome to this week's Eye on the Triangle. It's January 20th. The time is 4.07. And on behalf of the team here at WKNC, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. I'm Ian Grice. And I'm Mirtha Donna Storg, bringing you Eye on the Triangle on this fine hump day. This week, Kevin Kronk brings you news from around North Carolina, looking at issues ranging from teacher salaries to student loans. Nick Weaver brings you the Modest Mouth Review. This week, he reviews the album Nova Heart by, you guessed it, Nova Heart. And Jake Winters brings you Snow Raiden. This week, he reviews the Oscar-nominated film The Revenant. And with our newest contributor, Jamie Halla, KNC goes TMZ. He brings us a look at the week in pop culture. Marissa Jordan will be taking a look at the cipher from its humble beginnings to its place now as an NC State institution. And we'll have the community calendar from Peter Fuzeni. And as always, Saif Hassan brings you the news beyond the headlines. I'm Saif Hassan, and this is your news beyond the headlines. The United Kingdom is to send 3,500 first aid kits to the Ukrainian Armed Forces, according to Defense Secretary Michael Fallon. The supplies were requested by Ukraine, which has been in conflict with pro-Russian separatists ever since Russia annexed Crimea in March 2014. Fallon said the kits, worth nearly 500,000 euro, would be gifted in April in time for Britain to begin the next year of its training for Ukrainian troops. Ukraine's armed forces face a chronic shortage of basic equipment, he said. In a written statement, Fallon said, This gift meets a specific Ukrainian request for assistance in alleviating medical casualties, often severely wounded. The UAF urgently needed individual first aid kits and have continued to request them from allies. British military personnel have already been training members of the Ukrainian army and have been sent to the Baltic region with the aim of deterring Russian aggression beyond Ukraine. Defense Secretary Fallon said the United Kingdom had previously gifted first aid kits on several occasions in 2015. The United Kingdom has also previously sent the Ukrainian army tents and winter clothing. The first aid kits will be transported by military aircraft. Moving to the United Arab Emirates, arrest warrants have been issued for two men who posted a video online showing them dancing in military uniforms. Prosecutors accused the pair of making outrageous physical movements that did not respect the uniform, the morale, and the value of national service. The video, they added, was an insult to the honor of military service. The UAE is part of a coalition that has been battling the Houthi rebel movement in Yemen for almost nine months. Its armed forces have suffered dozens of casualties there, and correspondents say this has made the authorities especially sensitive to the way they are portrayed. The prosecutors complained that some irresponsible persons were behaving improperly and in a manner that was certainly contemptuous of the local community, which looked to its armed forces with deep respect and veneration. I'm Saif Hassan, and this has been your News Beyond the Headlines. Holiday retailers staffed with NC teachers. During your holiday shopping, you may have bumped into your child's teacher working in a seasonal retail job. According to many of them, in most cases, it's not just to earn mad money or take advantage of an employee discount. The average teacher salary in North Carolina is slightly more than $45,000 a year, with some making as little as $30,000. Christina Burchett is a science teacher at a North Carolina school and says she has to work a retail job just to pay her bills. 
I'd love to spend more time doing things for my students, spend more time tutoring them, spend more time on lesson plans and things like that. But I'm not able to because I do have to work a second job in order to pay my bills. Beginning teachers recently received a small pay raise, but many others got a one-time $750 bonus in lieu of a 2% pay raise. This year, the state had a $400 million surplus. North Carolina now ranks 47th nationwide when it comes to teacher pay. Burchett says while many citizens claim to value the state's teachers, few are willing to fight for action. I have a master's degree, and I don't feel like I should have a second, a third job with that if it's something that North Carolina or our country really values. According to the State Department of Public Instruction, the teacher turnover rate for last school year was almost 15%. That's up for 11% in the 2010 to 2011 school year. Eyes wide open. NC tops list of states with reports of human trafficking. Human rights organizations are increasingly concerned about what's happening behind closed doors in homes and businesses across North Carolina. The state ranks in the top 15 across the country with the most number of calls to the National Human Trafficking Resource Center hotline. With January being Human Trafficking Prevention Month, people who work with victims of the practice, such as Jenna Novak, want people to know the warning signs. Human trafficking is a form of modern-day slavery where an individual is compelled to engage either in commercial sex or some kind of labor through the means of forced fraud or coercion. I think it's happening under our nose everywhere all of the time. Warning signs include the person in question not being allowed to leave or come and go as they wish, working excessively long or unusual hours, not being allowed breaks or having unusual restrictions, and appearing in poor physical and mental health. To request help or report suspected human trafficking, call the hotline at one 373 7888 or text HELP to BE FREE on your cell phone. Novak adds that sex trafficking is easier to recognize and more often reported than labor trafficking. We're seeing mostly sex trafficking that is coming out of North Carolina. That does not mean that there is more sex trafficking than labor trafficking in North Carolina. Sex trafficking is talked about a lot more and it's a lot easier to recognize those signs than it is to recognize the labor trafficking victim. Since 2007, the National Human Trafficking Resource Center hotline has received more than 96,000 calls and identified more than 40,000 victims. Student loans weigh heavily on NC households. 60% of North Carolina households have higher rates of student loan delinquency, according to a report from the Center for American Progress. The organization mapped debt by zip code and found that many counties in the state have high debt rates, most of them in rural areas. Evan Degnan with Progress NC, a statewide group that analyzed the findings, explains why that might be. When you look at the map, in terms of the delinquency rates, more rural areas where you have more concentrations of poverty is where you sort of see these really high delinquency rates. This is something that's affecting a large swath of the population in North Carolina. Nationwide, student debt amounts to more than $1.3 trillion and 43 million Americans owe debt related to their student loans. The report highlights relief programs, particularly for borrowers of federal loans, but Degnan and others say many in need are not aware of the help available. Raleigh resident Moore Aframian accrued $75,000 in student loans getting her undergraduate and master's degrees. Now at age 28, she's paid off just one-third of the balance as she looks for work with her marketing and event planning expertise.
all of my offers told me that I was either overqualified for the job or they're not really looking for somebody with a master's degree. So it kind of felt like I went on and got this additional education, but now nobody can afford to hire me. Degnan says in addition to many entry-level jobs not paying enough for graduates to pay off their debt, there are also issues of increased tuition rates and commercial entities involved in higher education. There's obviously just the incredible increases in the cost of higher education, both in traditional schools and then obviously in these kind of emerging online universities that really milk some students for a lot of money and rack up enormous student debt bills. The report recommends that at the state level, as with other kinds of debt, student loan borrowers should be allowed to refinance their debt, which is currently difficult to do. I'm Kevin Cronk, and this is Eye on the Triangle. In recent news related to the state of North Carolina, the Panthers play the Seattle Seahawks in their Sunday playoff game. The Panthers held onto a 31-24 victory despite a second-half surging Seahawks comeback. But the drama occurred in the beginning of the game with quarterback Russell Wilson and the Panthers' warm-up music. First, a little backstory. Russell Wilson is currently dating R&B star Sierra, the former ex-fiance of Atlanta rapper Future. After a harsh breakup, Future wrote many songs detailing his depression about the breakup. During the pre-game warm-ups, the Panthers' PA system played quite a few Future songs throughout the stadium for all to hear. Was this a ploy by the Panthers to get into the head of Russell Wilson? We do not know, but if it was, it seemed to work as Russell Wilson threw two interceptions in the first half, one resulting in a touchdown by Panthers' Luke Keekley. In addition to the Panthers' Russell Wilson drama, Panthers coach Ron Rivera banned the team from using hoverboards due to the dangerous nature of the toys. He had seen a few videos of them catching fire and causing harm to the users. He did this as a precaution to hopefully prevent his players from getting injured before their playoff run to the Super Bowl. This should hit many NC State students hard as our university recently decided to ban the hoverboards as well. Will these two incidents be the start of the downfall for hoverboards on a large scale? For hip-hop related news, Kanye continued his Good Friday release this weekend with releasing his new song No More Parties in LA featuring Kendrick Lamar, a song hearkening back to Kanye's late registration days, including many soulful elements. However, it was not released on Friday, but rather Monday night due to Kanye West tweaking a few things. Kanye's wife Kim Kardashian has been tweeting to keep the fans up to date with what is happening with Kanye's music. She said that it was meant to be released on Friday, but wasn't due to delays of it not being up to Kanye's high standards and Kanye having to write over 80 bars on a plane ride to Italy. Once arriving in Italy, he immediately went to the studio to finish up the song. Kanye West will release the highly anticipated Swish February 11th, 2016, a date hip-hop fans are eagerly awaiting. We're on the Triangle. I'm Jamie Halla. The Cypher is a weekly freestyle rap forum at NC State University. It occurs every Monday at 11 p.m. in the Free Expression Tunnel at Main Campus. The Cypher has existed for the past five years and is integral to NC State's cultural identity. I went on January 10th for the first time to learn more about the Cypher and its participants. The first person I met at the Cypher was Taha, one of the student performers. I've been coming to the Cypher since I was a freshman. I heard about it when I was a senior in high school. And when I came to the Cypher, I found a microcosm of life, but not just your normal life. It was a calm, 
kept away little corner with a variety of culture and where people would come and do freestyle lyrical prose, drop flows that most people would never know. It's kind of what I'm doing now. Through Taha, I learned more about the Cypher's history. The Cypher started five years ago when a group of local rappers came up with the idea while filming a music video in the Free Expression Tunnel. As more and more people around the Triangle began to hear of the Cypher, it gained popularity and its participants grew from just a few to hundreds. These rap forums are so popular that other North Carolina schools have started their own cyphers. Nah, just kidding. It's like the way that I feel. I don't even even know why I'm here. Even even say. In order to get a better perspective on performing, I interviewed the rappers on their opinions and feelings on freestyling. Hi, I'm Joe. Uh, I came to the cipher. I heard of it. Just some freestyle raps. No slander. No insulting people around you. And I thought it was cool. Uh, everyone's got a lot of respect for each other. You can either go in there and spit something that's written uh, or spit something deep or you can just like be superficial and just like say it off the top and it doesn't even like have to rhyme or be perfect. It's all just trying your best. It's not as stressful as you think it would be the first time. I mean, your first time going in, you feel like everyone's gonna judge you for like if you mess up a verse, but my first time in, I mean, I was slow. I'm not really good at freestyling, but it's still like fun to go in and just like say what's on your mind. Most important thing is be like confident in what you say and definitely project and, and show that you mean what you say. Don't you know come and, and you know try and put on a front like you're something you're not. Just kind of have fun and loosen up and be musical. A lot of people are too you know stiff about everything. Be understanding that when they take when they take two cents, they take it literally. Like for every single speck of dust on the penny. God damn. Guess an <laughs> argument has its hold. Wow. Understand what we must Members of the Cypher return week after week for a myriad of different reasons. Some come to listen, others to perform, or like me to learn. But I think that all participants can agree that this microcosm has influenced NC State for the better. A lot of love. Y'all be safe at the Cypher. Marissa Jordan for Eye on the Triangle. Hello and welcome. I'm Nick Weaver of Eye on the Triangle, and you are listening to the Modest Mouth Review. Welcome. I know I said it before, but I figured I'd say it again so I could have a license to say I now have an official intro. I debated actually making one, but I figured why not and decided to go ahead and do it. That song you heard rolling alongside my voice is Conventional Wisdom by Built to Spill, although it's slightly modified to loop for a couple of seconds. Anyways, yeah, yeah, I have an intro now. Big whoop, enough about me. Let's talk about this album. Today's review is on Nova Heart by Nova Heart. As you might have guessed, it's an eponymous debut, and a fairly interesting one at that. But of course, I could never jump straight into the review without boring everyone with a bit of trivia first. Founded in mid-2011 in Beijing, the band labels itself Psych Rock, and seems to have been relatively well received by critics and art fanatics or something in that vein. As a matter of fact, they were the first Chinese band to get high rotation on Triple J, which is basically Australia's primary radio station, so I hear, which is fairly impressive. Though, after listening to the album, I must say I can't really understand how this could have gotten national airplay. It's a bit out there. They released their debut EP, Beautiful Boys, in China back in 2012. That's the only other thing they put out. Funny enough, the band's bio, which I've ripped all of this info straight from, says that the band is still based in Beijing and has managed that level of success without ever moving. 
I suppose when you consider that Beijing isn't really in the music industry in crowd of cities, that does seem like a pretty grand accomplishment. Of course, stacked up against all of these achievements, you really have to wonder what kind of sound could these guys possibly have. So let's talk about that now. The album Nova Heart is a bit of a mixed bag. Some songs are straight up art rock, incredibly derivative of bands like Portishead and Massive Attack, while others are just… weird. Not Yoko Ono weird, but weird nonetheless. I would say it's pretty close to John Grant, an artist that I've reviewed previously. It's not exactly gimmicky weird, and it doesn't seem to be weird simply for the sake of being weird, but it is, most definitely and beyond doubt, weird. Despite this, the album takes itself very seriously. Nova Heart seems to think of itself as an artistic innovator, but refuses to acknowledge at times how silly its effects can get. Not in that silly broken English kind of way, like when a band tries to say in a language that it barely understands, which I will say right now is not a thing on this album. The lead singer seems to be both fluent and unaccented, which is bizarre in and of itself. No, where the album gets silly is when halfway through a song, the lead singer's voice gets pitch shifted gradually and rapidly up to a squeak and then immediately back down to normal. Weird interludes of otherworldly ambience ranking that interlude with a chorus of O's. Stuff like that. Overall, it's not that common and it never really ruins the album, but on some songs, I gotta say it's a little immersion breaking. Outside of this though, the album can hold its own. I said it's derivative, but if you're gonna be derivative, this is the best way to do it. There's a good blend of originality and unoriginality. The album never really completely separates from its influences, but it comes close. Above all, the quality is high, the ambience is really well done, and the sound is immersive. To describe the sound, for most songs, the composition is as such. Steady, driving bass beat, layered with an echoing ambience or vocals, then topped with a guitar or several other effects that play well with the established groove. There's no strong emotional aspect to the album, but it can definitely take you away from where you are if you let it. For my final thoughts, I'll say that I wouldn't really consider Nova Heart psych rock, but I'm no good at genres, so I guess that'll have to do. Maybe I'd tack on ambient music to that description. Overall, this is a pretty decent album. Weird and derivative, but decent. Would I recommend it to other people? Yeah, sure, if those people like this sort of music. If not, maybe leave it. On a scale of negative 2 to 7, I give this album a solid 3. It's just above average, but it is, in fact, above average. Once again, the album is Nova Heart by Nova Heart. Good luck finding it. As for me, I've been Nick, though I'm also known as Lens, Klesk, Meerkat, or just that dude who can't dress himself properly in public. I'm less fond of that last one. As always, you can send in a review request by emailing publicaffairs at wknc.org and including review request in the subject line. Please do send in requests. We don't get that many, and I really do enjoy getting them. If you're thinking about sending one in, just do it. That's all for today. Thanks again for listening in, and I'll speak to you all again next time. Hello, this is Jake Winters for Eye on the Triangle. This is Snowverated, and this week I will be taking a look at Revenant. Since this is a much more recent film than I usually review, I just want to say don't listen to all of this if you don't want even the slightest spoiler. I'd say that with everything said in this review, you could still watch the film and enjoy it just as much, but if you don't want even the slightest spoiler, don't listen to this. So with that being said, I'll start with an overview that won't give away anything too important and move on to some more specific details after that. 
Revenant was essentially a survival movie, but it is really a lot more than that. There are complicated relationships with layers and depth, and the fact that the story is based on true events makes it even more believable and enjoyable. The combination of great landscape shots and the layered plot is what makes this film great. DiCaprio, as always, does a fantastic job, and with Tom Hardy as a co-star of this film, they would have had a hard time having bad acting in the movie. The funny part about the acting in the movie is that DiCaprio hardly says anything. He's the main character by far. The majority of the acting is really just emotion and straight face expressions. Just like people say a picture is worth a thousand words, a face can be worth a thousand words as well if a great actor is portraying it correctly. It could even be said that this is a more pure form of acting. It really could just be said that it is acting at its core. Arguably, the hardest part of acting is really the nonverbal communication aspects, and the majority of this film, as I said, is only this. Tom Hardy always seems to be able to play unlikable characters well. Maybe that's why I don't like him. But I can't say he's a bad actor. His voice seems a little forced to fit the role, but it's not so bad that I can't suspend my disbelief and accept it as his actual voice. The cinematography of the film is phenomenal. The shooting of one of the beginning battle scenes is just so intense and enjoyable to watch. There are no cuts during the scene, similar to how Birdman was entirely shot. And this is probably due to the fact that the director and the cinematographer of Birdman both worked directly on this film. I don't think that it ever would have occurred to me in Birdman while I was watching it that it would be good to put that style of filming to a battle, but it really works well. It shows how a battle flows and does not start and stop as it sometimes seems in other movies, and it captures what it would be like to be there in reality, well, I think. This style of filming at least provides a new way to view battle, at the very least. Along with the excellent filming of this action scene in this film, the location of the film is beautiful, and the director did not let this go to waste. There are plenty of landscape shots mixed into the film that are truly unique and beautiful. These landscape shots do a great job of setting the film in the cold, deep forest of the North American mountains, and truly shows how difficult survival would be there. The major criticism I have about this film is that its start is too slow. The film sort of assumes that from the beginning you care about what is happening to this group of people, which really isn't too far-fetched since you did come and watch this movie, but I think they needed more of a hook. There's action and tons of excitement straight from the beginning of the film, but I feel it could have been condensed and have gotten the same point across with the same effect. The amount of time in the beginning of the film I think really comes from how they shot it, which I came to really enjoy. They put a lot of focus on the cinematography of the film at the beginning and then sort of shifted to plot later. So if you just go into the movie knowing that, I think it's a lot more enjoyable. The plot of the film is really actually pretty intricate. The story is all about honor and rightful revenge and defending what each man stands for at its core, but there are side plots and multiple conflicts that make the film more than just a man surviving in the wilderness. All the stories layer together well to influence the protagonist, and you get involved in the side plots just as much as the main one. A huge part of the film is the main character coming back from his injuries, which seems so impossible at times, but somehow the film convinces you to believe it. The coincidences throughout aren't too impossible that you can't believe them at all, and I think they did a great job of not going too far in the severity of the situations without taking it so far as to make them seem impossible. I do have to admit, though, that at certain parts, like when he falls off of a cliff, it's hard to believe that he could ever get back up again from that, but it seems like it didn't even affect him. So I'm going to give Revenant a 9 out of 10, 
It was really enjoyable to watch for the whole movie, for both the filming of the movie, along with actually the great plot. I think they could have been a little bit more succinct, but I can't really say there was any portion of the film that I particularly disliked or would have had them take out. This film is only currently available out in theaters, and it was released on the 25th of December this year. You may have gone to see any of the other many great blockbuster films out there recently, like Star Wars, The Big Short, Hateful Eight, and I really could go on because this movie season has been fantastic. So if you haven't gone to see Revenant yet, it is pretty understandable, but I highly recommend you do so. Feel free to send me any suggestions or comments to the email address publicaffairs at wknc.org. I'm always glad to hear feedback and opinions. Thank you for tuning in to Snowverated. This is Jake Winters for Eye on the Triangle. Have a good night. Good afternoon. This is the Community Calendar, an Eye on the Triangle segment informing you of cool events occurring on campus or around the Raleigh-Durham area for the upcoming week. This week's segment, I'll be reporting on the Craft Center, a film festival, and a global seminar, which is occurring this week. So here we are about two weeks into the spring semester of this year, and most of us should be able to gauge how our semester's going, what classes are difficult or easy. So if you actually find yourself with a little bit of additional time outside of school, the Craft Center is still open for registration until the end of this month. And these are going to be for like extracurricular, non-accredited courses you could sign up for. The Craft Center gives you a little bit of quality time sharing fun and learning new crafts, whether that be pottery, woodworking, photography, glass, jewelry, metals, watercolor, knitting, weaving, crochet, screen printing, block printing, origami, guitar, leatherworking, bicycle repair, underwater basket weaving, and much more. Special classes for NC State students only will include digital photography and building your own skateboards or a quick wall shelf. There are also $5 craft or noon classes that you could sign up for if you don't want to dedicate several weeks to a course. And NCSU students get priority registration. However, it is a little later into the registration period, so there may be limited spots. You can register for these courses in person at the Craft Center, which is located in Thompson Hall, which is right beside the Coliseum parking deck. Personal disclaimer, the underwater basket weaving class is not actually offered. The Tourney's Film Festival is ongoing until about mid-February, and we'll be showing a movie this Thursday from 6.30 to 9.30 in the Witherspoon Student Cinema. This week's film is called Two Days, One Night. To provide a little bit about this film, it is a 2014 Belgian-French-Italian drama film written and directed by the Dardeen brothers, starring Marion Cotillard and Fabrizio Rongguan. To provide a little bit of plot behind this film, it deals with a young wife and mother who is working in a small solar panel factory, uh, suffers a nervous breakdown and is forced to take time off from her job. However, during her absence, her colleagues realize that they are able to cover her shifts by working slightly longer hours and management realizes this and poses a thousand pound bonus to all of the staff if they agree to make this young mother's job redundant. She later returns to work and discovers that her fate rests in the hands of her 16 co-workers 
and she must visit each of them over the course of a weekend to persuade them to reject the monetary bonus. However, her co-workers need the proposed bonus for their own families, and she faces an uphill battle to keep her job before the crucial vote on Monday morning. So again, this film screening will be at Witherspoon Student Cinema this Thursday from 6.30 to 9.30. This event is open to the public. AV Geeks will be hosting a film screening in the Hunt Library. This week's series event is titled Atomic Energy Can Be a Blessing. NC State alumnus and AV Geeks founder Skip Elshamir will join Dr. John Mattenley, Associate Professor of Nuclear Engineering at NC State, to screen and discuss vintage educational films including Duck and Cover and other films dealing with atomic energy. These film screenings can be found at the Commons Wall at Hunt Library. Film screening is from 6 to 7 this Friday evening and is open to the public. Later on into next week, there will be a Global Issues Seminar that Tuesday evening from 6 to 7.30 in Withers, room 232A. For the 16th year, NC State will participate in the Great Decisions program during the spring 2016 semester. Developed by the Foreign Policy Association in 1954, Great Decisions bring millions of Americans together to communicate across the country to explore current foreign policy issues. The program showcases what NC State is contributing in terms of teaching, research, extension, and engagement in each of these internationally pressing foreign policy issues. It is hosted by the School of Public and International Affairs in conjunction with the Global Issues Seminar, sponsored by the Office of International Affairs. Again, this Global Issues Seminar will be in Withers 232A this upcoming Tuesday evening from 6 to 7.30. This concludes the community calendar for this upcoming week. My name is Peter Swazeni, wishing you a great week ahead. Winter weather update. The National Weather Service in Raleigh has issued a winter storm watch in effect from late tomorrow until Saturday afternoon. They are anticipating a wintry mix of sleet and snow to fall, so watch out on the roads tomorrow. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle, WKNC-FM Raleigh. I'm Ian Grice, and I'm here with me at the Donisorg. Uh, power is out on much of UNC Chapel Hill's campus, um, and to go off of what Peter Svizzini was saying earlier, there will be a event this day at Park Shops. It is a Muslim immigration uh, talk, and that'll be at 6 p.m. I will be there, uh, and <laughs> you can too. Um, yo, 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 Mirtha, have you ever let out a sick rap at the cipher? Actually, no, I haven't. I've just been one of those awkward bystanders on the outside of the circle. But what about you? Yes. Really? Spit some of that fire. Yo, yo, yo. Yo. I'm sick today. I'm sick tomorrow. I want to go to sleep. Good night. That was so good. You're practically the next Lil Wayne. We'd like to thank Saif Hassan, Kevin Kronk, Jamie Halla, Marissa Jordan, Nick Weaver, Jake Winners, and Peter Svizzini. As always, if you heard anything you liked, you hated, or anything that made you think, let us know on Twitter at EOT underscore WKNC. And be sure to check out our blog and podcast at WKNC-EOT.tumblr.com. You can catch another episode of Eye on the Triangle next week right here on WKNC. For Eye on the Triangle, I'm Ian Grice. And I'm Marathodonna Storg.